Hi, my name is Ethan Wagner, and I am the chief editor for Excelsior. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to go over Horace Mann's community norms. Speak from the eye perspective, listen for understanding, assume complexity, expect and accept a lack of closure, and learning leaves story stay. On top of this, I also want all listeners to keep in mind that in every podcast, we'll potentially bring up topics such as race, ethnicity, sexuality, gender, and socioeconomic status. These are topics that here on Excelsior we do not shy away from because they are sometimes necessary to the discussion we are having. However, we always talk about these topics in a respectful and civilized manner. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Excelsior Season 2. This is our mid-season second half premiere, I guess, after our mid-season finale came out uh, December 17th. So if you haven't listened to that, please go watch it. You know, that was was definitely a big project of ours, and it's now on to the next thing. Today, uh, we are going to be starting off the new year talking about Hawkeye, which is Marvel's latest Disney Plus show. So without further ado, let's do it. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Wasserberger. Today, I am joined by Patrick Steinbaum. Alexei Lee. Hello. New on the podcast, Megumi Y. Louis. Hi. And Cassandra Ortiz. Hi. All right, so Hawkeye. Fun show. I loved it. Uh, let's just go around, do what you usually do, overall thoughts, and then get into it. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Uh, again, I loved Hawkeye. Like, there was absolutely no part of it that I didn't just have a smile on my face during. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but nothing is, and I just thought it was a great time overall. Good addition to MCU and a really nice light-hearted, not-serious thing, or and unlike things like Loki or, or all these other shows that have real uh, weight and like you know, emotional toll behind them, Hawkeye was just purely fun, I appreciated that. Patrick? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed getting to take a step back from the, the massive stakes of the past, it feels like, many Marvel projects. Um, but I, this was probably the Marvel show that I had the highest expectations for, so I was sort of let down. I still enjoyed it, but there were definitely parts of it, which I'll get into, that, um, that made me bummed that I didn't like it as much as it felt as though I could have. I had precisely zero expectations. I, I was really looking forward to this Nothing one. Me. What's that? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was... I I sort of didn't have expectations for it, so it, it definitely it was it's definitely enjoyable to watch. But then as it kind of progressed and I started thinking about it more, I started to like let myself down. I don't know. I fe- I felt like it could have gone in so many more Please places. You let yourself than, down a lot. Okay. <laughs> wow, that is so <laughs> rude. But anyway, uh, I I thought that it could have gone in a different direction and sure. it could have been better. But I thought it ended well. And it's finally tying in to Daredevil. Yes. Thing, which is, yes. oh my god, one of the best 10 out of 10 shows, but whatever, that's not for this episode. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get into that. Definitely, we get to the, we get to the finale and, and the big man himself. Uh, Megumi? Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I feel like this year I wasn't really feeling that much holiday cheer. Hawkeye definitely had a lot of holiday cheer in it. But, I don't know, I was never a huge Clint fan. Like, just in general... Especially after Endgame, I don't know. He was kind of just like I didn't have anything against him. He was just kind of blah. Mm-hmm. I, but I feel like after Hawkeye, I'm like he, like I was ranking just my top Avengers. He came like pretty high just because of Hawkeye, and I feel like it really focused less on 
action, even though there was a lot of action, and more on, like, character development with him and Kate, and I thought that that was actually a really interesting change of pace. Yeah, definitely. Cassandra? Yeah, I really enjoyed the show, and I also really liked how they, like, characterized Clint, because I feel like after Age of Ultron, he was just kind of there. Like, when he was first introduced, he was there. But, like, now they finally added something to his character, which is nice. And I do, like, I think the whole making him deaf thing was, like, or hard of hearing, rather. I thought that that was really cool and accurate. And overall, like, I just thought that the interactions between him and Kate were, like, really good. Yeah, definitely. I think we should start with Megumi's, Megumi Cassandra's point about characterization, because that's what Hawk, I think, did best, actually creating fully-fledged characters in really not a lot of time. Uh, and kind of, we talked about this a lot in the holiday special, but that kind of reshaping of a character, we talked a lot about with Thor Ragnarok and with Captain America the Winter Soldier, uh, is really hard to do. And so the fact they were able to do that for Clint Barton in a six-episode TV show while also introducing Kate Bishop as her own character, who in her own right is is definitely one of the most exciting Phase 4 introductions, uh, was really great to see. I loved this Clint Barton. Like, I've never been a Hawkeye fan. I've never, I don't really read Marvel comics, but the one I've read this uh, of, of Hawkeye, this felt very true to that and just very true to who Hawkeye is supposed to be. And all of his interactions between Jeremy Renner and, and, and Haley Steinfeld were just fantastic. Like, it was that perfect, you know, father-daughter, like, mentor-mentee relationship that just was so much fun. And seeing her kind of go from in awe of Barden to really wanting to be his partner was really cool to say. See, I think that's where I'm going to deviate, like, most in terms of why my expectations were so much higher. Is And I know this is a kind of scalding hot take, but coming out of the first two Avengers movies, Hawkeye was my favorite Avenger. Really? I just loved every second of him on screen. I love bow and arrow, <laughs> the bow and arrow <laughs> as a weapon. And I, I thought his sort of specialty set was always so cool. I mean, well, Avengers 1 came out when I was eight. So back yeah. then I was just sort of watching him hit every shot in awe. And so I've loved Hawkeye for some time, which is why... This I, is Kate Bishop's exact origin yeah. story, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you just are Kate Bishop. I, yeah, I'm Kate Bishop. <laughs> which is why I probably had... Um, higher expectations than may have been reasonable. I still enjoyed Hawkeye himself in this show. I didn't have any problems with his characterizations. Uh, th there was some writing of other characters um, that bothered me, but uh, I'll get into specifics on that more mm. in a bit. Yeah, I really liked how they, um, they really made Clint Barton more relatable. Mm -hmm. um, he wasn't, I mean, like, he was already, I guess, the most relatable. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I would say he's the most human yeah. uh, superhero out of them all. He wasn't the most relatable, and I think that's partially why he's sort of a throwaway character. Um, and in the show, I mean, they, the first way they accomplished that was sort of by making him hard of hearing and showing that, like, it, all these fights have taken a toll on him. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was really great. And especially the... I actually did like the fact that um, that Kate that he tried to push away Kate Bishop at and Sorry. push away. No, listeners. Jordan's eating a crumble donut. Currently eating a donut. It's falling all over me. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. making my point. I'm sorry. Keep going. That's a good point. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jordan. Um, <laughs> Don't blame me. Blame the donut. It's a good donut. Okay. Just keep going. Um, He's making a good point. Yes. What I was saying is, uh, I actually do think that it was smart in terms of writing by making him sort of... He wants nothing to do with Kate. Like, his... his at the beginning, like, 
the whole point is so like he can sort of save Kate from getting into this whole New York criminal underground sort of mess by because she gets identified as the Ronin, right? <laughs> Yeah, let's clap while I'm making my point. <laughs> no, I'm dusting off the glazed donut bits. You, this is going to make so much fun for you to edit. No, I'm going to leave all the set. This is okay. all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. This is, what, this is what the, the listeners are here for. I it's know. not the actual conversations. It's this. <sighs> Jordan. Anyway, what I was saying is, um, yeah, he sort of just like wants to fix it and just go back to his family. He wants to be that guy that he didn't get to be for those five years during Endgame. No. <laughs> that was my water. Do you have a point? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I actually didn't request. I was going to say. Jump in. I think that was a good point. The only thing I want to say quickly is I'm not sure if it's that Kate had wants nothing to do with Kate. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Kate sure. has, there's nothing to do <laughs> with just herself. I'm not sure if it's that Clint wants something to do with Kate Bishop. I think he No, he just wants to be with his family. That's it. Well, no, but not, I think more than all of no, the like Avengers. No, like, literally, literally, he, I'm saying, uh, it has nothing to do with Kate specifically. What right. I'm saying is, he just wants to live in that little circle. No, of I, know, I think there's another element. I think more than any of the other Avengers, except for maybe Stark, but he's dead. Mm-hmm. Clint has the most relationship with grief, loss, and sacrifice. Right? I mean, his entire story is... Well, the whole I mean, first Thor's episode... The planet got blew up. Blew okay, up. But, but that's not Thor's entire... Like, literally, Clint Barton's entire origin is about grief and death and sacrifice. And that's kind of... And he no, I know. That's what the whole first episode exactly. is. It's showing that so he's I think part been of it, It's not necessarily that he just wants to be alone, but he doesn't want to have Kate. I think part of it is he wants to protect her from what he knows is as hard a life as you can get. No, but at that point, he has no relationship for it with her. He's not like, oh, yeah. But even so, Let me take like you under kid. my wing. Oh, but I got to push you away. Because <laughs> no, 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 but she's still a kid. He still know, He can still see you know, a bit of himself in her as this like kid wanting to do good, literally fights with the same weapons as he does. I think a part him is genuinely scared that if he lets her in, if she takes on the life that he has, she's going to end up the same way that Natasha did. And that's part of why he pushes Kate away initially and then realizes that's not the right, you know, that's not the right call. Yeah. But what were you going to say? No, I mean, just going off of that, I feel like, I don't know if I completely agree with grief being the origin of, like, of Clint's, like, I, I guess, like, being his origin. I don't... But I definitely think that grief and, like, especially, like, family serves as, like, a main driver of, like, his actions. Um, and I feel like just for me, I don't know, when he when he went off on, like, that murderous spiral mm-hmm. um, after his family got sna- snapped away, whatever, um, it, to me... I don't know, it was kind of random, like, and I think that Hawkeye gave a little more context into his actions in, like, and feeling of loss and just gave him a lot more depth, and I think I really appreciated that, and I think the other distinction between him and, like, the other Avengers that maybe gave them a little more screen time and just in general attention in the previous films is really the fact that he has this whole life outside of the Avengers. Like, other... Like, he has relationships inside the Avengers, sure, like, especially, like, with Natasha, but then we see kind of him in Hawkeye as, like, an Avenger without his team and Mm -hmm. without Natasha, and the only thing he really has is his family and just a whole lot of, like, trauma and loss that he feels from all the events that happened, like, previous to Hawkeye. And I think that that translates into kind of, like, his relationship with Kate. 
and also the fact that he doesn't really have a mentor throughout all of this whereas like and I feel like for a comic book reference um having Jack Duquesne in the role that he is and completely kind of unrelated to like Clint himself versus in the comics being the swordsman and being like Clint's mentor I think that that was really interesting because yeah. Clint is really in this alone except for his family but even like I like that we gave Laura a lot more depth and a lot more like importance in Hawkeye and I, and I thought that like the um the her mockingbird reveal was really cool and I will get into that later I guess but I think that so many of Clint's decisions are driven by the fact that now, especially because of Natasha's death, he is alone. Yeah, that's definitely right. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think you bring up a good point, which I now forget. It was a good segue, <laughs> and I now completely forget what <laughs> I was going to segue into. So I want to actually, <laughs> I want to call on somebody else so that I can see how my opinion lines up to okay. start talking about Kate. Ooh, Kate. Okay, I mean, I love Kate. I think she's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Like part of the, I'll say, yeah, yeah, part of that. <laughs> but more, no, no, but more importantly, more importantly, in terms of like the quote-unquote young Avengers, the only people we know that are actually going to be young Avengers is America Chavez, who we won't see until May fourth, whatever it is. Probably Spider Man, probably, and mm-hmm. Kate Bishop. Well, there's that guy from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, but we don't, I, oh, oh right, but, but I say, what's his name? Patriot. Right? Patriot. No. Right, we don't know that yet. Oh, yeah. That yeah. be reference, right? So if Kate Bishop is any indication to go on for what the Young Avengers are going to be like, I'm feeling pretty confident. I also think she's just a fun presence on screen. Like, it's hard to watch Kate Bishop doing whatever she's doing, whether it's fighting, talking, joking around, what have you, and not be enjoying yourself. Even if it's a hard scene, she does it so, or Haley Steinfeld does it so well that it's just an enjoyable experience. And there are very few people in the MCU, very few people in general, where every time you watch them on screen, you're enjoying watching them on screen. See, I, for the most part, agree that I did find Kate an enjoyable character, but I want to point a comparison to another kind of character that I think has so far in their appearances been enjoyable every time they've been on screen, which is uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena. Yes, yes. Which, to me... Kate feels, and I don't know exactly how to uh, word this, she feels more written than Yelena does. Yeah. I feel like I can sense somebody trying to write a charming character, and most of the time it works, but for me, at times, even though Haley Steinfeld is like doing a great job, mm-hmm. generally, at, at times I felt like, okay, they put that line in in a writer's room saying, this will make her more charming. Whereas Yelena... You look at her in Black Widow, and it's just the most natural sense yeah. of humor possibly in the MCU. Everything feels like a, like the way that a real person. One of the biggest comparisons, like Yelena, I think Florence Pugh treats Yelena Belova the way RDJ treated Tony Stark. Like, that's just Florence Pugh doing her thing, and they put a camera in front of her. And yeah. that, at least that's what it feels like. And insofar as like you, you've seen calls for for Marvel to make a Yelena Kate show, which they actually might. That wouldn't be the end of the, like, the worst yeah. thing we've ever done. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, worst thing you've yeah, ever done. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. I mean, like, that'd be amazing. Like, no, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, that's an that's an interesting nuance. I don't, I don't think I picked up on it the first time, but like looking back on it, I see what you mean. I yeah, think. Yeah, but my thing. Sorry, Alexa. Um, my thing was that, and this is where some of the show as a whole, because that's a relatively minor point but it did cross over to other characters for me in different ways i felt it with the uh the dude bros the russian 
gang yeah. guys who felt like they were just written like let's write dude bros I mean, my, um, my biggest issue with that was the two characters I had the biggest issue with, and I hope to God Marvel cancels her show, is Echo and whatever that other guy's name was. Kazi. Kazi. Well, he they He died. But they felt like someone yeah. wrote a script, and they just read it line by line on the script. There was no heart there. There was no room to move. For it just felt. Yeah. It just yeah. felt so scripted out. It felt and very I, typical. Exactly. Yeah. I have zero. I think she's but the woman who plays that. I think she's a good actress. She's also like, it's incredible. Yeah. I love the representation. Yeah. Great representation. Yeah. But she's just a terrible character and a poorly written story. I have zero interest personally in seeing anything uh, with her unless they figure out a way to make her more interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I th- Going back to uh, Patrick's earlier point of, like, I think actually the best way to compare Kate Bishop would actually be to Peter Parker in yeah. sort of that relationship with um, our, uh, with Iron Man and and Hawkeye. Like, they're both of them are playing sort of this young, like, really wanting to learn and, like, mm-hmm. like sort of be taken under the wing and sort of learn how to be a superhero. Yeah. And I think the like, key difference is... Peter Parker experiences much more, I don't want to say heartbreak, but just hardship. Yeah. And it just, and that's why I think Tom Holland does such a good job because you can really see it on the screen. Yeah, and we're we're going to talk about No Way Home next week, and that yeah. was... We're, we're also, not, he just <laughs> literally faces more hardship. Yeah, yeah he literally God. faces more he, hardship. He goes through more. <laughs> he, he, he goes through a lot more, but I think that's like, I think that's part of the depth that's missing from Kate. No, that's just a new character. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know. Yeah. That, it's not it's not a criticism, it's just like a what needs to like yeah. how the character mm-hmm. needs to progress. Um and I do agree that there were some lines that sort of felt like they were put in there because mm-hmm. of the sake that they were put in there. It was not and it wasn't Haley Steinfeld's fault. It was no, just no, like no. not. We not talked the best about threat. this I forget if it was Loki or Shang Chi and Eternals. I forget when we talked about this, but I know we talked about this at some point in the podcast. That Marvel, it seems like Marvel very much wants to segment the MCU into a cosmic MCU and a... You talked about this in What If. Was it What If? I think. No, it was Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi yeah. right? After seeing No Way Home and Hawkeye, I'm more convinced of that than ever, right? I mean, pe- yeah. I got spoilers ahead for No Way Home, Hawkeye, all of it. But Wait, Peter- let's get that out of the way. Spoilers ahead, skip a little because I don't want you to just gloss over Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers for <laughs> No Way Home, Hawkeye... There's your warning. I'm going to keep talking. Skip to this time. Jordan will edit later. What's it? You can skip to this time. We're not going to no talk about No Way Home. Though. Yeah, no, I know. Wait, that's what I meant. No, whatever. You're point dumb. Is, my, my point is, Alexei, Patrick, after seeing No Way Home and Hawkeye, both Peter Parker and Kate Bishop and Clint Barton are all now as grounded as they can be. Right? They're going to have... They probably aren't going to have any type of cosmic interaction. So I think... My point is that for what Hawkeye... I think Hawkeye, that was one of Hawkeye's goals, is to kind of build up that grounded MCU. Because the cosmic stuff, they can do whatever they want. There's no real... That's not difficult to do, right? Doctor Strange can go do whatever he wants, and we're probably going to think it's cool. And the grounded stuff's a lot more difficult. Uh, and so definitely after seeing this show, it's pretty clear, yeah, okay. You know, but Kate Bishop, Daredevil, hopefully... Uh, Moon Knight, whatever else happens, they're all going to be part of this one universe. I think that's, especially with how good Hawkeye and Kate Bishop turned out, I think that's definitely an exciting thing. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sold on the fact that they're going to completely segment off certain characters 
from other interactions. I think definitely I could see this Hawkeye. I don't think he's going to have any more big showdowns yeah. mm-hmm. in the MCU. I think you're out of your mind if you think Spider-Man's not going to No, he certainly <laughs> will, but the majority of his crossovers aren't... It's not like, I don't think Spider-Man showed up in Multiverse of Madness. Remember, yeah. we... Okay, but you have to remember, we don't know what's going to happen with Spider-Man now. Right. I, th- I would it's say it's for Kate year. Bishop. I would say Kate yeah. Bishop... We don't know. We, yeah. we, we, we just don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, it just feels... I think all of the young blood that they're introducing or setting up for the next whatever big thing they're going to do is going to be part of that big thing. Oh, 100%. They're just not going to be part of the old guards cosmic events, like Doctor Strange. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way to put it. Um, Hawkeye. Getting back to Hawkeye. What else is in this show? We've got Kate Bishop. Oh, tracksuit! We're tracksuit guys! We're tracksuit guys! We can get to the finale. The finale is really all that... The finale is really all that actually matters. Um, Hawkeye finale... Unless anyone, unless anyone else wants to add anything before we get to the finale. Um, I, I will say the the one writing thing that I loved, I loved Jack Duquesne. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Just his, like, smarmy nature of, like, well, it's natural you were suspicious of me because I was sacked I suspicious. <laughs> I would have done the same just thing, the whole too. Way through. Don't worry. This will be it, it was up. so just uh, offbeat funny. He yeah. really was. He, was, he was one of, like, the gems of Hawkeye, yeah. I think. And, like, especially... It show he also showcased how Kate Bishop. I mean, like throughout Hawkeye, I kept on getting confused on like Kate's age because like mm-hmm. sometimes she was like, but like she was like sometimes she was like in her like twenties, you know. And then it started with like the school scene with the bell, and it was a little bit disorienting. But I think that what Jack Duquesne showcased is like kind of almost her shelteredness and like child in a sense of like needing the mentor of Hawkeye um in like hey I don't like him like he he's he's like coming into my family he's kind of like some stranger like kind of the natural instinct of like not wanting a stranger in like because she's just been with like Eleanor and they've had this bond for so many years and then she comes home and her life is disrupted um so I feel like just that showcases something about Kate's character in that she's not really experienced. Like yeah, she, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I like Duquesne. I think he got overshadowed a bit just by his plot and Kate and Yelena, <laughs> just considering how likable Kate and Yelena really were. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I don't really care whether, whether I see him in future MCU stuff, but he was a nice, nice thing to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, you know, kind of on writing, the Eleanor Bishop stuff was as predictable as it gets, yeah. which also I don't think is a bad thing. Like, there's only so much the Marvel writers can do. Um, but I, the one thing I don't understand is why she's, like, alive. Like, I don't quite get why we didn't just have Kingpin kill her. A, to re... Oh, right, also, yeah, Kingpin's in there. Probably should have led into that a little bit more. But, um... I, in, in Marvel, whenever you arrest someone, that's kind of saying, like, oh, don't worry, they'll be back. I don't quite get what, if any, role she's going to have. Also, well, I don't understand why there would be a necessity to kill her oh, actually, in I order to not bring her back. Actually, uh, I think this is a perfect point to jump in. Um, well, like, remember, I think the reason why Jordan thinks that she should die is kind of that you're, you're thinking of it as if this was going to be Daredevil, 
but remember, this is MCU. So but so this is the problem. So this is so where we get into. It's too, this is where we get into. This the is. Issues. I agree. This is where this we get into the issues. issue with the Disney MCU. It's we can't. It's have not hate. dark enough. You cannot. Ha- no, it's not Disney MCU isn't dark enough. I get the MCU has to be light. It has to be fun, bouncy, whatever word you want to use. Kingpin isn't fun. He isn't bouncy. Like that's why I was really surprised when he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Well, that's that's common. That, that was Vincent D'Onofrio just yeah. being Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. I know. Um, and I love Vincent D'Onofrio. He's an amazing actor. And I, I, unlike most people, I was actually thrilled with how Kingpin was introduced. He felt like yeah. Kingpin. Yeah. And they're doing the whole blind Kingpin story, and that'll be yeah. cool. When, because we know they are making a Daredevil show in the MCU. That's been confirmed. Yeah. When that releases, has to be rated R. Or TVMA, whatever the TV equivalent is. We can't have a PG Daredevil. Because remember, Daredevil's coming from a... Already not PG. Daredevil's coming from like uh, one of the most violent shows on television, and pretty damn good show too. Like well, it's a ten out of ten show. They've yeah, said that when they do it's eventually a make a, a Deadpool show. film as part of the MCU, yeah. they'll keep it rated R, right? So yeah, but I don't think that it's necessarily something that the is issue. The issue is, is Deadpool can kind of stay its own thing and stay rated R. Insofar as we now have a link between Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and Daredevil through Kingpin. If Daredevil's going to be rated R, does that mean that when Daredevil interacts with the other characters in a bigger way, like, how is that going to work? I think, do you think the that they're going to keep Deadpool as his own thing when they have the Sorry, not, da- not Deadpool. Sorry, I mean Daredevil. No, Deadpool will probably no, I mean, you think No, I mean, Deadpool, you think Deadpool's not going to interact with all these characters if they I'm have sure the option to let him? I'm sure he'll interact. I don't see a universe in which Deadpool joins the Avengers. No, I don't see him fighting with the Avengers. Right, exactly. No, so, like, he's going to be fighting uh, with I the X-Men, which are already... Right, those are already pretty hard. My point is, like, if we get a Daredevil show and Kate Bishop pops in, is she all of a sudden going to be, you know... Rated R Daredevil fighting, or is she going to be killing people off screen? And then we still have Daredevil. It, it might be that remember in Daredevil in season two when they introduced the Punisher. Yeah. It might be kind of like that, except dialed down. So it's where it's the Punisher. Did Punisher shoot up an entire restaurant no, that's, in the middle no, of that no, no, season? No, no, first episode. But that's what uh, that was the first episode. Of the second right. season. But what I'm saying is Punisher was like so far to the extreme compared to uh, Daredevil. Yeah. And it's going to be sort of like shifting it this way. So, so Daredevil's the Daredevil extreme. Daredevil will be the extreme. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. It's not that Daredevil has to be that graphic to be good. It's yeah, I that know. It's just that's natural. That's what Daredevil is. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous. But besides that, I love King. I mean, Kingpin's just fantastic. Such a presence on screen. Um, Can we talk about how Maya shot him in the last... Mm, he's not dead. He's not dead. Yeah, dead. like definitely, but also... It just, I don't know. Like, we don't know that it's like, actually why? Shot. Yeah, We know yeah, it's Maya who shot him. But I was like, wait, it could have been like he grabs the gun or whatever. Like, yeah. it's probably Maya. They're probably doing the Blind Kingpin yeah. story. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I didn't really get the point of that. If I'm being yeah. honest, it just felt sort of like we all know he's not dead. It's like saying... But this, and, was a, this was another point on, like, the Echo character was kind of just hollow. Like, yeah. yeah. It was very predictable. Like, oh, my God, she found out that... Kingpin set the order to kill her father. Oh no! Also, what's gonna happen next? The character yeah. is just shallow. Like it's, it's, just very, <laughs> it's it's the same character that's always written. It's the yeah. character whose family's in a shady business. Mm-hmm. They find out one of the parents dies, and then they like go on a vigilante killing spree to go find it. Like it's not. It's it like we took. It's like we took part of the backstory of Arrow and just made a character out of it without all the other good parts of who Arrow is. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not watching the CW verse shows, but <laughs> you didn't see Arrow. No, I haven't seen Daredevil. So You've... I want to talk about Kingpin from the perspective of someone 
who has not seen Daredevil, Ooh. has only seen him in a couple Spider-Man comics that I've read and Spider-Verse. To me, he didn't feel like a crazy imposing presence. I think I don't think Vincent D'Onofrio is a bad actor by any means, but I wasn't that intimidated by Kingpin. Uh, in this, he was kind of just he was tossing Kate around, but then mm. it, it there was no like real power demonstrated or s- yeah. which something. Which is why I wanted to kill Thor, which is precisely well. What actually, the the thing about it is like. The way they depicted him in the MCU was much, or sorry, not the way they depicted him. The way he actually was acted, or like the way he's, like, take your time. I don't know the right words because English is my second language. <laughs> but, um, damn it. Uh, okay. Sorry. Anyway, what basically what I'm saying is Daredevil, like, because they have so much more room, they can show the ferocity of yeah. Kingpin, and I just don't think that's possible with the mood of. Hawkeye. I think that's true, but I think you can still make him more intimidating. Yeah, but Thanos was intimidating as, as it gets, and there was no brutal whatever. I, exactly. Yeah, but that's the, like that's it, a difference in, in the characters. In one's an Green Goblin was as intimidating as it gets, oh. and there was no... But that's in something like Spider-Verse, though, when, uh, when Kingpin is just brooding over... And obviously you can't have a comically large Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> on screen like you could in Spider-Verse. But that is a that is a presence. The way that he showed up in that and Leave Schreiber's amazing voice talent. That was Leave Schreiber. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, and I just didn't feel that in this. I wasn't. I didn't think he was bad. I just wasn't like this is Kingpin. He is in charge. I do agree. I think that for someone, if you've watched Daredevil, then like you have like a more so of an understanding. Yeah. But if you haven't, then you're like. Okay, like, you know who he is because you obviously have some sort of idea. But, like, I think, I do agree. I think that they could have made him look, like, a bit more, like, mean and ferocious for someone who hasn't watched Daredevil because, like, they're tying everything in now. But for someone who just watches MCU, they're going to have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I think think it didn't help that they were. The Hydra didn't help. I think it's, look, Marvel's obviously, with every single Phase 4 project they've done, leaning very heavily into fan service. Uh, I think Kingpin's introduction in Hawkeye was absolutely an element to that. I think after seeing him decapitate a dude with a car door in Daredevil, yeah. it doesn't really matter what Vincent D'Onofrio does, he's going to be imposing, but I definitely get, having not seen Daredevil, how he may have been like, who is this guy, why do I care? Yeah. But that's definitely a good point. I also feel like, I don't know, like, part of the reason I bought that he was, like, somewhat, like, really imposing, because, again, like, I agree with what everyone was saying, he, like, just inaction wasn't that like like imposing or like scary was that um clint was so like worried about him through the whole season and i feel like i don't know maybe this is just me personally maybe this makes no sense but i was thinking of maybe like what if there was like a showdown between him and clint and maya and um and kate to kind Mm. of showcase like these two like generations of like kind of like the greats and then like the the new, like, I guess, upstarts and kind of have that, like, distinction because you see Kate going up against Kingpin and that's, like, not even, like, it's not, like, even, yeah. like, she's going up against him. It's, like, she's getting, like, tossed around. Yeah. Um, and to showcase his power in, a, in just tossing around Kate, who we all know is inexperienced. Um, even if she's gifted, she's inexperienced. 
to make that like a demonstration of his power and basically the only like real demonstration of his power in like a sort of I guess quote-unquote violent like framework that we could at least relate a little bit to Daredevil that kind of also like works in favor of diminishing like sure. the fear surrounding him. well for me one of the things that always that I always loved about Kingpin Daredevil is his power wasn't just his strength or his ferocity it was that he controlled the city mm-hmm. without ever moving right. like he snapped his fingers and pun intended but whatever <laughs> um, and he could do whatever he wanted that was where his real power lay was just how entrenched he was into every part of New York I think maybe seeing him Obviously, I get it. The blip happened. You know, Thanos happened. His empire is gone. And I'm sure in the Daredevil show or in Echo, we'll see. Well, he had five years to rebuild. Was Did he survive the blip? Uh, yeah, and I think Daredevil got blipped. So that's, I thought it was the opposite. I thought Kingpin got blipped. Daredevil survived. I'm pretty sure Daredevil got yeah, blipped and Kingpin survived. Yeah, because isn't that what Hawkeye was talking about the whole yeah, time? Yeah, because he rebuilt his empire okay. during that time. Because okay, Daredevil was no longer there. Right, interesting. Okay. But I don't know. I, I'm just excited to see. I'm praying that Marvel recognizes it, that Marvel figures out how to do Kingpin and Daredevil right, which is literally just hiring everyone who worked on the Netflix show and just giving them more money to do it on Disney. That's all they have to do, and we'll be fine. Um, okay, last thoughts on Hawkeye before we wrap it up and do ratings and everything like that. I just want to point out McGimmy's point, and I sort of, I, I like, I agree with her point, but then the issue is we would probably have a dead Hawkeye and maybe a, <laughs> and maybe a dead, dead cape. cape yeah. So it's it's like I don't really know. Like I'm not a writer, so I don't know how what a good way to um, like I guess introduce Kingpin into the MCU would be. But they definitely could have done a better job. I'm maybe. just not sure what that exactly. I mean, is. we do know that there's gonna be a season two of Hawkeye, so there is still an opportunity. Yeah. To you know really make really. Well, I mean, he didn't up. really get like. It was it was more of like not a cameo. It, it's not it was like, like he's here and we'll use him at some. Yeah, he's like here and like expect to see him more. Yeah, yeah. I think his real introduction will probably be. I mean, I'd love it if Spider Man Four has Kingpin in it. Like actually <laughs> having Spider Man take on Kingpin would be awesome. Um, Daredevil. Consider Daredevil. The the, the great uh, the great lawyer and uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> Very, good lawyer. Very uh, good lawyer. All right, let's do let's do closing thoughts and ratings. Magumi, you want to start us off? Sure. I mean. Again, I really loved Hawkeye. Like, just because, I mean, Loki seemed, it was just a very, very complicated plot. And, like, I thought Loki was amazing, like, of course. But, like, I feel like there was a sort of large amount of setup and build up for this whole idea of, like, the TVA and, like, and the different, like, and the multiverse. Um,. I thought WandaVision was just, like, emotionally gutting. Um, and just not very good. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I have to disagree show. with that. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, like... I thought it did, like, a spectacular job at, like, like real-world problems and showcasing kind of, like, what is, like, Captain America's shield in a real-world context? And, I, yeah. and, like, what is the significance of having a black man take that up? Um, I, there's what if, but... Yeah. Um, I, but the thing with Hawkeye was that it kept, like, the sort of, like, weight and brevity of Marvel, of Marvel, and it didn't, like, just throw, like, all, like, the previous movies in the MCU away. But what it did was it brought, like, a certain amount of light to it and joy, especially, it's interesting, considering 
it was happening probably around I think I believe the time frame with that with um, Hawkeye and No Way Home like match up I think that just in introducing new characters I agree Echo and Kingpin's introduction was not great but really like fleshing out Yelena and like her relationship with Kate and then Kate and her relationship with Hawkeye again I will never stop saying it Jack Duquesne was one of my favorite characters in this show I don't know I thought they did a really good job and just the lack of a really like consequential end credit scene didn't really phase me at all. Oh, I love that. I, yeah, would, I, I had it was a smile on his like whole time. Fitting, yeah. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, people seem so angry. I don't know why. It's just like, what were you expecting? Like, yeah. they wrote a musical. Let's see the musical. Yeah. I thought it was hysterical. Like, at the end, someone gets brutally murdered. Right, I know. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought, I mean, I, I do agree it would have been cool if they had panned out and shown That's us, like, Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier yeah, or Peter Parker or whatever. But even just that. Or Charlie Cox. Or Charlie Cox. But, well, no, because then they would have spoiled No Way Home. Then they wanted to keep that reveal. But no, I thought, yeah, I thought that musical was great. Uh, Patrick, thoughts? Oh, wait, I'm sorry, we're going to be rating. Out of 10. Oh. Just overall. The execution of this episode? Uh, no, 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 the no, show. Out of 10. Show, how uh, much you this episode's you like a 2 it. out of 10, but the actual oh, show. okay, um, like an 8. 8 out of 10? Yeah. Patrick? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely... Probably one of the most disappointed I've ever been with a Marvel project, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I didn't like it. Wow, it's just that—that—that's a scale for how high my expectations were. Well, Patrick, were. Patrick, keep in mind this is including like Captain Marvel, Thor: The Dark World, Eternals, Shang Chi, Black Widow. We're including yeah, all these. I was really hyped for Thor: The Dark World when I saw this. Really? Well, no, no, but just how disappointed were <laughs> you, so Patrick? Dark, yeah, so. But I still did enjoy it. The characters were likable enough, even though e- even if there were parts uh, that made me a bit concerned about the writing going to the future. What I didn't even get to touch on was Megumi's point of I love that this was a Christmas show, and I thought yeah. it did a great job of being a Christmas show all throughout. Some of the best scenes were Christmas-based scenes, like between Kate and Clint. Yeah. That bonding scene was the best part of the yeah. whole show. Yeah. And so... I have a little bit... I don't get the physics, but exactly. it's yeah. a real thing. And so, while I would say that I was let down by the show, I, I still would give it like a 7.5, 7.6. That's decent. Cassandra? I thought it was a really good show. I liked the character development. I liked all of, like, I liked most of Kate's. Like, I love Yelena, so I thought that her character was just amazing. I also liked how we saw the blip through her perspective that because was really we did see Good it visual. in WandaVision but like that was more of just like a quick thing and I liked how we actually saw the way that things changed for her and then yeah. like how like she has to find out like I just thought that that was like really cool um, and I just liked it in general I thought that like the characterization was just amazing so I guess my rating's like an 8.5 out of 10 I really enjoyed it yeah it was really good Alexa Okay, I'm going to preface that before we hear Drun's awful take, um, that mine is better. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I thought the show was really well done. Um, I just felt like they had a higher potential that they weren't able to reach. And much like my physics tests, <laughs> they, um, they, will, they just didn't get there. Uh, um, There's always next time. There's always next test. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. probably with the curve. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, such a geek. 
We're sitting here recording a podcast about a Marvel show. We just spent an hour and 45 minutes ranking the entire MCU like two weeks ago. So let's talk about our physics test. Yeah. Well, I suppose I didn't do that well. That's okay. We're here to support them. Well, I didn't do well relative to me. Uh, let's preface. There we go. That's what this. Anyway. Um, what I was saying was, anyway, it was a great show. Had high ceiling. Didn't hit that ceiling. Um, wasn't better than Loki. Repeat, wasn't better before we hear Jordan's take. Um, it, it made me like Hawkeye more, so that was definitely a plus. And it just did a good job of introducing almost all the characters except for Echo and I don't even remember because Kazi. he, Kazi, thank you, <laughs> because he was Kit Harrington's step cousin. Yeah. Honestly, R.I.P. Kazi. I don't care, no, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Kazi can be burn. Nice Kazi can burn. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Say ranking. Um, 8.84. Uh, of course he is. All right, so here's my thing. Here's where I'm yeah, at. Here, here's, here's where I'm at. I loved Hawkeye. I loved every second of Hawkeye. Genuinely. Minus a few small critiques we've, we've already touched on. I also love Loki. But here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. I'm sort of figuring this out as I speak. I had precisely zero expectations for Hawkeye, and it blew me away. Well, it didn't blow me away, but it blew past my zero expectations. I had expectations for Loki, and it also blew those out of the water. But with Loki, episode three, I think, or episode four, one of those two, was absolutely boring. The one where, where was on the train? Whichever one were the, the one train, train episode? I liked the train episode. I liked it, but it was boring. No, I, if it was boring, I wouldn't like it. It was a Jordan. purely filler <laughs> episode. I, even the filler content. This wasn't popular. like Mandalorian Can I say my thing? No, because this take is so awful. Okay, no, Mandalorian filler is a different breed of filler. Even with Hawkeye, though. Even with Hawkeye, though. The filler in Hawkeye, like the Clinton-Kate Christmas party thing. Which you could call filler. It's not filler. It's not filler, it. but you could call it filler. No, you was couldn't. absolutely fantastic. Loved every second of it. You could call it filler if you. So here's where I'm. <laughs> can I? Really <laughs> catch up of Jack Duquesne. So he here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm looking. Let's say dead in the eyes when I say this. Here's where I'm at. I loved Loki. Loved Loki. Loved Hawkeye. I don't know what I gave Loki on the podcast. I just told you. I don't know if that's correct. I'm like, that is okay. correct. Whatever I gave Loki. I'm going to put Hawkeye 0.1 below it. So I think that would put Hawkeye at like an, either an 8.9 or a 9.3, depending on whether I gave Loki a 9 or a 9.4. But whatever it is... Wait, <laughs> why is it between those? Because I, I think it's one of those two. How what, did you get 8.9? Because I think I gave Loki a 9, maybe. That's what I'm saying. If I gave Loki a 9, You just Hawkeye's said 9.3 and 9.4. So no, those I'm, okay, I'm not saying. Why if I you gave just say how many points higher than the rating? That's what I'm saying. If I gave Loki a 9, Hawkeye's an 8.9. If I gave Loki a 9.4, Hawkeye's a 9.3. Okay, Whatever I okay. gave Loki, Hawkeye, I think, is 0.1 below it. Um, and why? Because it's a good show. He said wow. Oh, well. Not why. Uh, whatever. Nobody knows why. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hawkeye. I agree. I think the, the Loki finale probably makes it better just because of how mind-blowingly insane that, you know, whole sequence was. So Hawkeye will be point one below Loki. Guys, that is a wrap on the mid-season premiere of Excelsior Season 2, talking about Hawkeye. Uh, next week is going to be No Way Home. After that, I don't know, and I'm really scared about doing that whole, oh, next week is this, and the week after is this. So if we're being honest, we change these things by the day. Also, next week we don't record it like Sunday or Tuesday. We have to make it home. The point is, I'm the not... next thing we do will be No Way Home. 
So, yeah, please see that before you watch the podcast, because that is one thing you absolutely do not want to be spoiled for yourself. But, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.